Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. We tend to go to work to give us something. We want we want something from it. It's supposed to not just pay, uh, give us a paycheck, but we want it to meet our ego needs. And we want it to give us a great sense of, wow, I'm changing the world. And aren't these people wonderful that I work with? Well, what if from the beginning, the way God was wanting us to be work is not so much what it can bring to us, but what we can bring to it. Mm, that is so interesting. And today's guest digs deep into this topic. We're joined today by Dr. Tim Kimmel. He's the founder of Grace-Based Families. He's also the co-author of a new book, Grace at Work, The Secret to Getting More from Your Job Than a Paycheck. What is the secret to getting more from your job than a paycheck? Well, he says it's Grace at Work. What does that look like and how can we start doing this? He'll share that with us today on Connections. Dr. Tim Kimmel joins us today. He is a best-selling author and the founder of Grace-Based Families. All right, let's start right there. What is okay. Grace-Based Families? Our, our ministry, a, our whole thing is trying to help people who follow Jesus capture his heart of grace and make it the default mode of how they treat the people up close to them. Uh, because what we've noticed is a, there's a lot of Christians out there that put their faith in Jesus, but they leave his grace at the cross in salvation and when it comes to living their life out uh no that's a little that's a little different you know they put it on a performance basis i gotta i gotta jump through a lot of hoops i gotta keep god happy i don't want to lose his love i want to make him love me more all that stuff is not in the bible i mean he loves us completely (laughs) he loves us completely you can't earn his love he because he just gave it to us so we just try to help marriages and parents grandparents figure out how to bring the best out of each other it it really is hard for a lot of us like we'll take jesus's grace for us and yeah forgive our sins but i remember even a few years ago i was kind of having a discussion with a friend and you know it's like i don't know if you're going about this the right way and he (laughs) says well i will not show grace to someone that doesn't deserve it and i was like that's what grace is (laughs) that's exactly right exactly right in fact I think maybe for our conversation, since we're going to talk about how, what this looks like in the workplace, what what it, it, the, I think the logical question when it comes to talk about grace is what is the opposite of grace? And the opposite of grace is giving people exactly what they deserve. Yeah, that's the, you know they, they they treat us mean, they treat us re- well. You know they 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 nick our car, we'll burn down their garage, that kind of a thing. <laughs> we'll just show them well, we know how to play this game. That's human. Uh, the opposite of grace, but biblical grace is giving giving people something they desperately need but don't deserve, and and that's all grace is. And God calls now. God showed that to you and me and uh, the people listening to us. And he he said, "Now I want that to come through you to the people that I've called you to love." Okay, you mentioned it a little bit. Grace at work. Um, first yeah. of all, changing our mindset to this is is not simple. Because automatically, no. majority of us will go to anger. We're not going to go to grace. We're no. going to look elsewhere. So how do we even start this journey towards <laughs> grace? And especially grace at work, because that is like a whole other topic. <laughs> well, well, here's the cool thing. You know, uh, when you think about going to work, we all work with a lot of goofy people. And mm-hmm. uh, pe- people with <laughs> issues. And uh, you got drama, drama kings and queens surrounding you. And uh, you have bosses that you think have no business having that title. That's work. But see, with this thing, work 
where we work has something in common with our families. And that other than our spouse, we don't get to choose any of the people in the picture. Think about that. I mean, we're stuck with our families, um, uh, our, our, our siblings, our parents, our, our aunts and uncles. So, but, but we're called to love our families, right? Well, when we go to work, it, it, it's, it's similar there. Now, all the other things that we're involved in in life, we have, we have the option. If we get in a hobby and the people that are kind of creepy that are in this hobby, we'll go do another hobby or pick another group of people. We're on social media. They get sideways with us. We unfriend them. You can do that with – you go to a church and the church kind of gets dramatic and all, and you think this, these people are, 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 are driving me nuts. I'll go to another church. But you can't do that with your family, and you can't do that with the people you work with. And yet God called us. He gave us this, this – uh, uh, great, uh, uh, not not the the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And and that includes the people we go to work with. And all this book is about, all grace at work is about, is how to bring God's heart to work with you. Well, it's kind of interesting. The last couple of years, and now coming through the end of the pandemic or whatever, we're kind of seeing people though choosing to walk away from the people they work with if they don't like it. Like they're, they're choosing all sorts of other things over money and salary and things like that. We're hearing a lot yeah. about the great resignation. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about that and how grace might change that. Well, what are people it, looking for? It, it, it's true. <laughs> people got so disenchanted with work and up till uh, the pandemic, uh, the option of working remotely really wasn't on the table. Uh, the technology was there. But the, uh, for the most part, everybody kind of gathered. But when that option came and people were kind of working from home more and they realized, you know, I'm, I, 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 I just don't even know whether I like my job anymore. I, I'm, I'm not, cre- I don't have, I don't sense purpose in what I'm doing. And so many people are, are just walking away from work completely. Now, I think you can only do that so long because you need a paycheck. And somehow you got to cover it. Uh, cover the the bills at home, but but yeah, it, it, most of the time though, it's because it, it's many times about the leadership or the culture of work, the, the 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 human dynamics of work that just suck the joy out of people, and they say I I just don't want this anymore. Well, I understand that, um, but maybe. We're we're ending up there because we have the uh, a completely wrong view of work from the first in the first place. Because um, I think we tend to go to work to give us something. We want we want something from it. It's supposed to not just pay, uh, give us a paycheck, but we want it to meet our ego needs, and we want it to give us a great sense of wow, I'm changing the world, and aren't these people wonderful that I work with? Well, what if from the beginning? the way God was wanting us to be work is not so much what it can bring to us, but what we can bring to it. Like that. And well, John so that's F. What, Kennedy there. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that, that's, that's what this book is about. What, where we, we can, we can change everything and how we view our work. And we, and, and God gave us an active ingredient a, a, that, that could change everything. And that's his heart of grace. And this book unpacks for you exactly what that looks like to let God's grace uh, not only wash over you, but redefine you 
become the default mode of how you treat people and 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 ask and and be, become what they sense when they're around you and we should show exactly what that looks like with with the, all the stresses of work um coming at you and with culture sticking a gun to your head uh, you know a hostile culture and and what's in, interesting is when this happens talking about purpose getting purpose out of work uh and enjoy and meaning the person that benefits the most from this book is not the people on the receiving end of your grace, but you. When you let God be, you know, who he's supposed to be in the driver's seat of your life coming through you. What does it look like to bring grace to the workplace then? Yeah, because because Mike really wants you to learn this one. <laughs> exactly. <time. Yes. laughs> uh, she's pretty gracious with me already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we, we show that, well, First of all, I I can I can summarize this book in one sentence, and that all 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 grace based employment is is simply treating the people you work with the way God treats you. That's all it is. And what we do is we unpack what does God's act of grace look like coming at you and me, and we show that one one of the things God consistently does with us, He sets our hearts free. And so we can come to work and do that for the people we work with. And we talk about four things, that, four freedoms that people want to have. Freedom to be different, the freedom to be vulnerable, the freedom to be candid, and the freedom to make mistakes and not feel like their head's going to be in a jar or they're going to be unemployed every time they do. And those, the, the, those, those, everybody longs for that. Well, when we become an agent of that, and, that's, and by the way, that doesn't, whether we're the owner we're the, we're the executive or the manager, or we're at the bottom of the food chain. We can all do this. Bring the best out of people by setting their hearts free. That's just one way. There's three others. Does this mean I'm going to let my coworkers or the people I supervise walk all over me in the workplace then, and I'm not going to hold them to be accountable ever? And I'm just, oh, that's fine. Don't worry yeah. about it. Jesus yeah. loves you. Well, Mike, I'm glad you brought that question up because that's the standard pushback that Christians have about grace. And the problem with that is because they're thinking human nice, not biblical grace. Ah. And we get those confused. Now, grace can be nice, but sometimes the most gracious thing you can do for somebody is get in their face graciously <laughs> and stand on their air hose graciously, you know, and let them know that this is not going to go on. No. Um, I think that's why a lot of Christians put grace aside is they think it means being a doormat, being pushed around, having no boundaries, having no consequences. Uh, well, but I can solve that problem easily. A little biblical lesson. Is Jesus dealing with all of us in grace right now? And the answer is. Yes. yes. OK. <laughs> now, did he throw the rule book overboard and we have no more rules? No, he didn't no. come to abolish the law. He came yeah. to fulfill it. Yeah, huh? the, the rules are all where they, they, they always were. Did he erase the boundaries? No, the boundaries are right where they always were. Does he deal with us when we go sideways and correct us? The Bible says, them whom God loves, he disciplines. And so all that stuff is still in place. It's just we're doing it graciously. So when we say giving people the freedom to be different, I mean, make make mistakes. That doesn't mean there aren't consequences. And by the way, sometimes, the, 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 depending on the mistake, if the mistake was deliberate and and they could care less about the consequences, well, then they might get fired. And we talk about that. But, you know, a lot of mistakes we make in work, we never meant to make them. Yeah. We didn't mean that. We were We were trying to get it right, but we got it wrong. 
Unfortunately, some people are so afraid that if they do that, they're going to lose their job. They don't even ever try or take a risk. And 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 we we need to be the kind of people say we understand this. We want to get you beyond this and make you a better person as well as a better employee. There's there's balance there. Does God want us to work? <laughs> and if so, how should we as Christians prioritize work in our lives? Well, you know, God set up work before the Garden of Eden. You can see, I mean, before Genesis 3, when sin came in, work was already in place. You know, he made a man and a woman. He created his garden. He says, okay, you're gardeners now. <laughs> you got to keep this thing up to, up to speed and you got to maintain it and, and you got to oversee this. Work was a part of God's plan from the beginning. Then Genesis 3 came along. We brought sin into the camp and work became, uh, it took on a whole different dynamic because now it's hard, it's sweaty. It's, uh, he says, I'm going to put thorns on things. And we got people there that uh, drive us nuts. And he says, but you still have to work. You have to work. And it's, it, it's a key part of our life. So, but we have to work in a way that, that he uses us to point to 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 point people to him, and let me say something about this book too. I I want I don't want it to be confused that this isn't a this isn't a Christian book about witnessing at work. Mm. Okay, uh, the, because the bulk of books written by Christians and work is about going there and leading people to Jesus and telling people about Jesus and and putting Bible verses up and starting a Bible study. I, I suppose there's a place for that, but that's not what any of us are getting paid for when we get to go to work. We're, we're paid to come and, 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 and advance the ball for the, for the company. Plus, but what this is, is this is about going to work and loving the people you work with the way God loves you. That's what it's about, is going and being an agent of his love and his grace. Here's what's interesting. That if I went to work and my big thing is, oh, I see this is a mission field and I'm going to just share Jesus and all that stuff. And I start there, then automatically people are going to start looking at me as an employee and looking at everything I get wrong. Mm. But if I lead by coming in and loving them and caring for them and hurting with them and journeying with them and finding all that stuff. And, and it's kind of winning the right to be heard. And when they see that you genuinely care about them and you also seem to have something going for you that they don't have. And they they go after the source of that, you know, you know, uh, they, they turn to you when they're hurting or something's gone wrong at home or their child is very sick or they lost their parent and they just need somebody to hurt with. It's funny how that sets up the, the place. For us to speak about our faith, and they're more inclined to want to hear it. So it's not this. This isn't a book about witnessing for Christ, but that can clearly come out of it when we go love people like He loves us. So if we have we have God, family, and work, and usually we hear like some sort of saying along those lines of yeah, God right. first, family second, work third. How do you make sense of that all? And is that the right order of things or should we look at it in a different way? Well, I, I, uh, we actually deal with that in one of our chapters. Uh, and, and that's a great question. Here's the best way to look at that because we, we tend to do that. God, marriage, parent, parenting, 
uh, work, friends, church, whatever. And here's the best way to look at that. It's not that because that's that's categorizing it and compartmentalizing. It should be this God, God in our marriage, God in our kids, God in our work, God in our friends. In other words, he's defining it all. It doesn't matter which it, it, it's it's, it's kind of there's a you know, love the one you're with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoever you're with, that's that's who he wants us to care for. God and his heart for grace in all things. I like how you keep saying his heart for grace, by the way. Yeah. That's a great way to look at yeah. it. And, and we unpack what it looks like. We talk about how to set people's hearts free. We have a, a, a one chapter that unpacks the three driving inner needs that everybody we work with has. And most people wouldn't know what they are, but they're there. And when we use our words and our actions to constantly appeal in a positive way to one of those, one or more of those three driving inner needs, a need for security, a need for significance, a need for to feel uh, strong or sufficient in the moment that they're in. And we're used to, we automatically make people feel better. Uh, we have a, 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 a third dimension that God, God uh, uh, builds character muscles into us that we can bring to work that unbelievably impact the people around us. And we unpack what those six things are. But the, the one that uh, I, I think is the, the real game changer, the game changer is where we're constantly, uh, where our trajectory of our life is always aimed. And that's um, at, at greatness, because your world and my world and our Western world would tell us to aim at success. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're aiming there, you're aiming low. There's something far better. And see, true greatness, as is outlined in the Bible, is a passionate love for Jesus Christ that shows itself in an unquenchable love and concern for others. That's what God considers it. And there's four wonderful qualities. When I bring these to work with me, humility, gratefulness, generosity, and a servant's heart. When I bring those to work with me, and those are the default mode of how I'm dealing with everybody, it's it's just, there's no stopping how that's going to affect me. And by the way, if I was a boss and I saw people showing that, they would be more likely to be moving up the ladder and as far as responsibility, because that's exactly the kind of people I want running my company. It's humble people, grateful people, generous people, servant-hearted people. And so, uh, you know, the purpose of this book is not for you to uh, make more money or get a higher, but a higher position, but that could clearly happen when, when uh, you know, God's heart is driving the bus. Do we have to love our jobs or our careers to be able to be fully happy or to show this grace at work? No. Or can we no, just that's, make that's, it happen? That's, once again, that's a, that's a great, Colleen, that's a great question because, the, and we deal with that in one of the chapters because that's one of the grand myths, especially of us Western type people, you know, of our hemisphere. We're taught, you know, the 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 uh, commencement speaker at our graduation said, find something you really love and do that for the rest of your life. Well, a lot of kids are sitting, what, what I really love is to live in my parents' basement in my Star Wars pajamas all day and play video games. Well, I'm sorry, but nobody's going to pay you to do that. <laughs> That's not a job. Uh, there's all kinds of people all over the world going to work doing things that they wouldn't, they'd rather not have to do. But... But that's our job. And there's a, I mean, look, look at all the tedium of just raising kids. 
th- there's all kinds of uh, uh, messy parts of that, and yet God calls us to do it. And we do it with joy because of who we're doing it for. Mm-hmm. We find our joy not so much in what we do, but 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 who we're doing it for in the in the Lord and for the people around us. Uh, you have a co-author on the book, Michael yes. Tucker. Yeah. Did you have to practice what you preach while you wrote <laughs> together and learned how to be gracious co-authors with one another? Yes, Michael's an awesome guy, and uh, he, you know, he, I, I've been in ministry, and I make this clear in the first chapter. I've been in ministry, so although, um, you know, we can have some goofy people in ministry. Uh, when, when they go sideways on you, you can hold the Bible up and say, this is what we go by here and, and keep things under control. Well, when you go into the cutthroat, backstabbing, smash mouth world of high stakes uh, corporate uh, management, uh, you can forget all that. that. That doesn't come with a deal. And he's been in that all of his life. But when, but when he first went into it, he had bought into the whole world's uh, priorities. He didn't know Jesus, and and uh, he 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 had a uh, um, he he rose to the top of the ladder very fast. But it just about he lost just about lost his wife and kids in the process. And when he came tumbling down, some friends brought him into a Sunday school class that my wife and I were teaching with another couple, and we were unpacking what God's grace looks like. And he came to know the Lord, he and his wife, and then. Little by little, they started understanding what God's active grace looks like lived out in their lives. And he just so so then when he went back into the marketplace, he went back in with a whole different perspective on it. And and his thing was, I wonder, I wonder if this would work. I wonder if this is work in a in a hostile world. Well, of course, it would work in a hostile world. And I can prove it. Think, think, do you know when the church grew the fastest was in the first two centuries? of Christianity. It was the Roman Empire. Uh, women had very little uh, status. Uh, slaves, most people were slaves. Uh, they, if, if you had anything flawed or wrong with you, you were discarded. Here comes Christianity. And keep in mind, it grew the fastest in the first two centuries, and we didn't even have a Bible back then because the Bible wasn't codified for almost 200 years. We didn't have churches or seminaries with addresses. We had churches, but they didn't meet in people's homes. And yet it grew the fastest. Why? Because what they did, they were overwhelmed by God's grace. They couldn't believe that God would save them from the mess that they were. And they just started going and turning the lights on, you know, of his love in the midst of, of, of the, that lost world. And people said it became a contagion. Well, we can do this at work. We could go to the marketplace and change it and grace at work. We'll show you how. Absolutely beautiful and so interesting. And I feel like we could talk to you forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this well, is such an you. awesome topic for the listeners that want to learn more about you, want to pick up the book, Grace at Work, The Secret to Getting More from Your Job Than a Paycheck. How can they do that? How can they learn more about you? Two, two ways. They can go to Amazon and get a Kindle version or, or, or a regular book form. And the audio version is out any day. And then the other way is they can simply go to graceatworkbook.com and they can order it there. So Amazon or graceatworkbook.com. 
thank you so much for You're joining welcome. us today and for giving us a different honor. perspective of the <laughs> workplace. <laughs> well, good for you guys. Thanks for letting me be here and share this. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.